Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. David Almeida here. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and every week I sit down with an actor or artist friend. We watch an episode of the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. Then I hit record, we talk about the show, and pretty much anything and everything else that it might lead us to discuss. Um, I'm a little sick, if you can hear that in my voice. No sooner did I get back from my gig up at the Villages, and uh, I've been homesick for the last three days. So, insert your joke of choice about catching something when you're up in the villages. If you don't know what I'm talking about, well, Google it. My guest this week is Michael Colavolpe. I know I told you last week that Robin Kelly was going to be here, but she had to postpone at the last minute because she had some car problems. So sadly, I missed her again. I think that's the second time we've had to postpone due to circumstances out of our control. So I really, really can't wait to get Robin here. But Michael proved to be a very gracious replacement, and he did it at very, very short notice. So I'm really thrilled and happy to have him here. He is an actor, he is a singer, he is a musical theater guy, he's a comedy guy, he does everything. Michael's also been a podcaster, we do talk about that a bit during the show, and we met many years ago through mutual actor friends, and then we worked together for a long time at Sleuth's Mystery Dinner Theater, where we've both worked off and on, and at the moment we are both on, so I, I do work with him currently at the moment which is lovely. Uh, we did record this episode at Sleuth's, and there's some weird background noise and difference in the audio, and I think a thunderstorm was also happening. I think you can literally hear the thunder clapping outside, but none of that gets in the way of the entertainment powerhouse that is this episode, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Michael and I watched Season 3, Episode 14. It's called The Marriage Brokers. The original air date was January 27th, 1982. I think we're ready to jump on in. Let's face the facts with Michael Colavolpe. Well, hello there, Michael Colavolpe. Well, hello there, David Almeida. Hello. Do you pronounce the last E as an A sound or an E sound? Colavolpe. Colavolpe. I do both, actually. Oh, you, really? <laughs> yes. You don't? Okay. It's weird, isn't let, it? Let the record show let that the record he, show. He, this, he does not know how to pronounce his own name. Nobody does, so okay. I'm, you know, I'm well, used to it. So we just watched Season 3, Episode 14, The Marriage Brokers. Yes, I was waiting to see who was going to get married. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Nobody did. Nobody. Yes, you can stop the show right here, right now. (laughs) (laughs) So um, tell me, before we get into talking about, like, the synopsizing the show, do you have any history with the show? Did you watch it growing up? Um, You know, I I, I actually... Close in age-ish? Well, I think we're... We might be almost, like, 10 years difference. Because, like, your birthday's this week, isn't it? I turn 51 tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, you are not 61. come out. No, I'm not 61. So we're not <laughs> so We're not that, uh, we're only a... a, a we're a, both... A couple of years different. In, in our 50s. Yes. Well, just so, uh, when the show was running in the 80s, I, I, I do remember watching it first run. Oh, yep. uh, not religiously. I, I can't say that. Not religiously. I mean, I was out of college, um, you know, and working, leading a life. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't think I watched anything religiously in the 80s. You know, the yeah. 70s was more my jam. Probably yours as well. Uh, yes. Um, late 70s, yeah. early 80s. It's like, it seems like the sweet spot of everybody for TV is just like maybe sophomore year in high school. Yeah. Maybe junior, like jun- junior and senior year in high school seems to be when yeah, particularly theater like people. Like mid-70s for me was like Charlie's Angels and the Bionic Woman and oh. Wonder Woman and, oh. and, you know, shit like that. And, and th- those and were all, my... All women you know, shows. All of interesting. <laughs> Michael. Uh, you know, I had a poster of all of them oh, in yeah. my bedroom. Uh, I, my parents had, were so confused when I, the bonnet came yeah, out. <laughs> I, I, had, I had the Farrah Fawcett yeah. nipple, the nipple yeah. posters, yeah, the they Charlie's called it. Angels where they were all like, you know, with their like angelic poses. And, and praying, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Wonder Woman in the whole nine yards. Yeah, so that's my... Parents all thought, oh, he really likes the dames right. with the big tits. Right, you know, I was yeah. watching The Six Million Dollar Man because of <laughs> Lee Major's hairy chest, things yeah. like that, you know. <laughs> I, I don't know why our parents just became just... 80-year-old Jewish people just then, but... <laughs> 
but right? There exactly. it is. Yeah. But so, so, but you were aware of it and caught it sometimes totally, in first run. Totally. Yeah. And you know, watching the episode today, we got some chuckles. Yeah, we, we did. did. I was yeah, like, oh, that's, of, that's good. A couple of chuckles. The rest of it was like, wow, this is plotting acting. But let's <laughs> move on. Yeah. It's eighties acting and their children. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> it's yeah. There was some very uh, structurally uh, sweaty. Yeah. jokes in here oh, yeah. that we will get to. Yeah, yeah. So before we get to the show show, uh, then you should know if you you tell me you have been listening to some earlier episodes, you know that at this point I ask my guest to off the uh, off the top of your head on the fly, give me a one to two sentence synopsis of this show like you might find in the TV guide listing. Oh, all right. Uh, let's see. This episode, uh, Mrs. Garrett is going on a date with a man that the girls had never seen, heard of, or met before, and they suddenly get suspicious as to his intentions. Nice. Good. There's an air of mystery yes. there. <laughs> Except the spoiler alert that I did earlier. Yes. No, no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> um, speaking of mystery, we are actually recording by remote here. We are actually yeah. at Sleuth's Mystery Dinner Theater. Uh, recording, which is where you and I first met, yes, or, or at least first worked together. I yeah. think we might have met Maybe. prior to that. But um, yeah, so we are by remote. If the sound quality is unusual or weird for my fives of listeners who and their discerning ears, uh, just know this is a, this is an anomaly of a recording mm-hmm. session. But a happy anomaly. Yes. Yes. So let's get right on into this. Okay, then. let's do it. We start the episode with Blair mopingly. Emptying uh, the, tra- the 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 garbage off of a plate. We don't often see food in this cafeteria. I don't remember them being kitchen workers. Oh. I don't remember them being basically slave labor. Yeah, which they were. <laughs> yeah, that is that is literally the entire premise of the show that made it succeed. <laughs> when it was just a show about girls in a dorm, nobody season cared. one, it was yeah, awful. Cared. All right. Um, so what we learn is that Blair is mopingly doing her chores because she is not looking forward to what the evening holds for her, which is where she has to go on this date. It is a date of obligation Mm -hmm. to a young man that we learn is named Barnett uh, Thorndike? No. No. Thornwood? Thornwood the third? Barnett. Yes, Barnett. There it is. Barnett Thornwood the third. And That's if, how you know he's important. He's a third. <laughs> uh, yes, and she's totally complaining about all the things that she hates. Nerd, nerd alert or something like nerd that? Nerd alert, yeah. Yes. She says he's got crooked teeth and stringy hair. Clammy and, hands. Yeah, it's terrible. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, but at least his parents, who are clearly rich, named him Barnett Thornwood the, the third. third. Yes. Uh, my, my friend Todd Michael, who used, to, um, who used to live with me, he's a flight attendant in one of his... Oh, yeah co-workers is named Chandler Kensington the third oh no <laughs> no and he literally says I think my parents were expecting a millionaire <laughs> what did they flight, get what is he now? a flight attendant oh okay they for, both are. yeah, yeah right. and that's hey that's a pretty good well, job you know hey Exactly. So Blair is not happy about this date and so in order to somehow make the date more tolerable, she has planned a horrible evening. She has. And uh, what has she planned, Michael? Well, um, is it his father? No, her father. Mm-hmm. Her father uh, is has a steel company. Yeah. I guess no, no he, I'm sorry. His father has a steel His father has yeah, a steel no, Blair, company. Blair is Warner Textiles. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. I'm yes. not up on my You should know that. Backstories. As an occasional viewer. Occasional viewer. <laughs> occasional viewer. Uh, so, yes, uh, the, the, the steel company is holding a chamber music concert, and the chamber music is going to be played by steel workers. Yes. And there's going to be the dedication of a, oh, some machine that I can't remember I, what yeah. it is. It's, it is. Let's just say it's a turbine. It, yeah. Let's, let's go with that. It's it's one of those where the absurdism of yeah. this is exceeding the usual level of semi-grounded comedy that we live with here in the Facts of Life cinematic universe. Yes. Well, or, I mean, and who's to say maybe, you know, there are steel workers who actually can play chamber music instruments. You don't yeah, know. It, it They're good with happen. their hands. Yeah, it, they could. It could happen. Um, I imagine it could have been a lovely precursor to Stomp. 
Yeah. If they were out there banging pipes and stuff on the yes. machines and shit, yes. that could have been. They, this was far they, ahead they, of its they time. They also could have been the precursor to Blue Man Group. I mean, they yeah. bang on things Same all the time. Thing. Exactly. Yeah, so um, yeah. maybe, and maybe that's what I was thinking. Stomp is more. They could be Steel Man Group. Steel Man. Oh, <laughs> nice. But no, they make it very clear this is a chamber music concert. Mm-hmm. So where the cellos and <laughs> the violas are going to fall into this absurd. Well, concept of I, I well and they also make it clear that this is not an ideal date situation for Blair as if chamber music is something to scoff at yeah so not only is it chamber music but now it's chamber music played by steel workers and she doesn't like either one of those possibilities yeah and why she wouldn't schedule a date for something she would enjoy with like, a go person go to the pizza parlor well thank you go to the arcade it's the 80s that's what you do go to the mall go to the mall god damn I god, miss go going to, to the mall King. Yet, <laughs> sit around and dream of contempo casuals yes, in the next go decade. To Orange Julius. <laughs> That's what the '80s mall was all about. Exactly. So this this weird thing of I've I I don't want to go in this date, so I've scheduled something horrible. Right. But really, I'm going to dress up to the nines for it. What the fuck? <laughs> It's so counterintuitive. Yep. Blair not feeling no, it this episode. No, not at all. Well, then Mrs. Garrett comes in, and she is dressed in a bright purple dress. A flattering color on her, I might add. She, whenever they put her in bright colors, mm-hmm. she looks amazing. She has been in just her street clothes, but with a really bright uh, light, almost an electric blue blouse. Mm-hmm. And I've commented, but bright, saturated colors on Charlotte Ray. Well, it's, it's, it's always beautiful. good to, uh, the TV of that era, to when they you, you have a character that's normally kind of frumpy and just kind of dowdy mm-hmm. and stuff, and then all of a sudden they dress her up, and you're like, ooh, I didn't know she had a waist. Yeah. And things like that. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> uh, Mrs. Garrett can get it. Yeah, and she's still uh, fairly slim. She's not quite as slim as she was in season two. Mm-hmm. Season one, she was quite portly, and then she... On the show, they say she lost 25 pounds. Oh, nice. But in season two, she was wearing pantsuits and pulling it off. She looked she must terrific. Have been doing keto back then. And <laughs> <laughs> Without calling it that. Back then, they called it Atkins. Yes. <laughs> or the AIDS diet plan. <laughs> oh, God. Those, those chocolates or the caramels, whatever they were. <laughs> We've talked about those years before. Yeah. It's like little little squares of chocolate. <laughs> Fat people are like, yep, I'll yep, eat those. I'll do it. <laughs> But she is still, um, yeah, so she is still a, an attractive older woman. Sure. Charlotte Ray, for a character actress, is not hideous, and they've dressed her very lovelily. And they've also done something different with her hair. Instead of that little tiny Cats and Jammer kids knot <laughs> on the top of her head like a soda pop twisty right. top, it's a little bit larger bun. It's a little bit farther back on her head. It's looking more like a natural bun could and should look. Well, clearly she went to the beauty parlor uh, she for her date. <laughs> she went up to the curl up and die. But um, um, there it is. Yes. She went to go visit Miss Truvy. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, well, my friend is going to be here soon. And the girls, one of the girls says, okay, well, we'll tell your friend We'll tell her when she gets we'll here. We'll tell her when she yeah. gets here that you're busy. And she, Mrs. Garrett, is like, you know, getting the tray and putting it away. And you sure you cleaned up the parlor. And well, she calls it the lounge. And Mrs. Garrett says, how do you know my friend is a she? And then and it's, it's like, like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All four girls, their mouth hits the floor. And it's just like, mm-hmm. no sooner do they go, what the shit? Yeah. And I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Uh, and in comes um, Ernest. Ernest. An older gentleman friend of hers. Melbourne? Melbourne. Mel- well, interesting. Similar it to- It sounded like two different names, didn't it? She, she calls him Melbourne, like Melbourne, Australia. Yeah. Because initially I thought she said Melvern. Or, or Melvin. Yeah. Uh, I thought, yeah, it, was Mel- like I thought it was something like yeah. that too. And yeah. And then all of a no, sudden it, it was is Melbourne or the, Melbourne. And- it sounded like the girls kept saying Melbourne. And Mrs. Garrett called him Melbourne, and of course Mrs. Garrett is right. Well, yes. But it's like Australia, and and Melbourne, Florida, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so he shows up. This is the wonderful character actor Norman Alden. Yes, wearing, I might add, a lovely periwinkle suit jacket. Yes, which coordinates fabulously with her purple dress. It did. They, they looked were... like they looked like somebody 
hired a costume designer to put those on. <laughs> it can't be. I know, right? On yeah. television? But yeah, but but it wasn't but it wasn't a queer shade of periwinkle. No, he still looked not like a, it was manly. There was enough gray. It was manly, yeah. It, there was yeah. it was a it was the perfect color. The costumer hats yeah, off. The totally. costumer did earn her totally. money this this you week. You know, and her red hair with the purple outfit—it just it, gorgeous. It was, it was a gorgeous look. Yeah. Now, did you recognize Norman Alden? I did not actually. Have you seen him in anything? Uh, not well. If I didn't recognize him, probably not. <laughs> Is he one of those? Hey, it's that guys. Uh, yes, but the most popular thing that we people uh, of homosexual oh. certain age Uh-oh. would recognize as. Um, uh, I forget what his character's name was, but on the original Electra Woman and Dyna Girl. Oh, my God. He's the one that was back at the lab with all the computer, where, where the computer filled yes. the whole room. Okay. They probably had a megabyte of memory. Yeah, probably. Um, where the whole room, and, and they'd turn on those those TV sets they would have strapped yes. to their wrists. And yeah. you'd hear, Electra Woman, Dyna Girl, you've got to deflect and <laughs> unpolarize the laser on your Opticon. And, Mm-hmm. The, the, and that sh- I mean, it was a Sid and Marty Croft yeah, it was, yeah. live action 1970s show. Yeah. Well, they did show. bring it back. They, they, there was a reboot. Yeah, Grace Helbig? Yeah, uh, there was a reboot too with Marky Post, wasn't there? Uh, um, I think there's been two reboots. Okay, actually. well, in and the original, it was Deidre Hall. It yes, actually Deidre was. Deidre Hall and Judy Future Gifts, who is like, hey, it's that girl. Yeah. <laughs> but future um, soap star Deidre Hall yes. uh, was the original Electra Woman. Yeah. And again, um, that was a Saturday morning staple, all the Sid and Marty Croft I think shows. she was doing that while she was on the soap. It's kind of like to, um, oh, what's her name from Mama's Family? Vicki Lawrence? Uh, no, I played Naomi while she was doing uh, Opal oh. on her soap, uh, Dorothy Lyman. Oh, Dorothy Lyman, yeah. I think they were going back and forth. Yeah. And wasn't wasn't there also the woman, like, wasn't she on the one that played Iola? Iola, Beverly Archer. Beverly Archer? Mama's Family is my jam. Oh, oh, okay. Clearly. Clearly, (laughs) Michael. Wow. Maybe I need to start a podcast about Mama's Family. (laughs) I guess you do. Wasn't she on something like Major Dad? Didn't she play like a ball-busting army type also? And she was in, you know. uh, Big lesbian. Oh, big Was she really? Oh, yeah. In real life? In real life. Oh, yeah. Wow, oh, yeah. I, I have not had the occasion to try to date her and have her reject me based upon my gender. <laughs> well, you know, it's like Nancy McKean. You it's know, big lesbian. Nancy, hey, hey, no, no. We're not supposed to say that on this Nancy show. Nancy McKean is not a lesbian. <laughs> she plays one on TV. Exactly. <laughs> In the 80s. She just got famous playing a lesbian. Um, Come on, she was sitting there cleaning a car park. Oh, my God. We will get to that. Yes. We will get to that. All but, right. So he shows up. The girls are all up mouth agape. Yeah, and they're, they're all lovey dovey and touchy and touchy lovey dovey and, oh, and so all wonderful and shit like that. And, and you do have to admit, this is it's nice, but there is we do kind of share that with the girls a little bit in that we well, really have not ever seen Mrs. Garrett portrayed in a sexual paired up right, which manner. is one of the things I was thinking about when I was watching this episode with you. It's like it's it's that classic TV of that era trope. Whereas all of a sudden, the leading character has this romantic interest that supposedly has been in their life for decades, and this is the first we're hearing about yes, it? Yes! Ti- You've exactly. never mentioned this guy? This timeline, yeah. <laughs> and you've been with these girls. You're in your third year now with yeah. these girls. There was one episode recently where it was like, um, did you guys know it's Mrs. Garrett's birthday? What? I didn't know that. No. It's like, you've known her for three years. Yeah. You should know when her birthday is. Yeah. Now, and I know they've been setting this uh, this guy up. He's a traveling salesman. He's got on a, he, they, they put him on a desk job or something, so he travels a lot. But in those three years, he hasn't visited we have not seen him she has not she, called has him not on the phone mention of him no mention it's we have so not weird. seen her but that's classic 80s trope oh it's so clo- that classic, every week as is, self- is something that's going to be occurring in the next scene oh classic my God. 80s trope yes yeah. um yeah every episode is contained has no relationship to any other episode right. when when no continuity on the, on the golden girls when dorothy walks in and says well jeopardy is my favorite show i watch it every single night and you're like <laughs> No, nope, never, no. ever heard you mention Jeopardy no. before. We didn't really Dorothy. get continuity in sitcoms until like the '90s, yeah. I think. And so. uh, and we definitely appreciate it when because, they do. and quite honestly, nobody was concerned about that because nobody, re- you know, nobody ever imagined that all of these decades later we'd be still watching those episodes and, on DVD and streaming and Netflix and all that shit. Yeah, nobody and, knew and that anybody them. was going to see this again. Yeah, and talking about them. Yeah, it's so, true. It's so yeah. true. So you know, continuity errors. You know. <laughs> 
Yeah. Nobody cared yeah. back then. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on to the next scene now. Yes, where, let's, let's do. Um, we we do have a thing lounge. where Mrs. Garrett attempts to get the girls to go away. Right. And, and we do have a funny moment. She says, well, we're going into the lounge now. And all the girls start okay, to head into the lounge. And she's like, I meant us, not you. So a lovely little fuck off, girls. <laughs> Mama needs some alone time with her man. Right. And then they all have to come up with excuses why they have to go away it's rather ridiculous. than just leaving. Yeah, just <laughs> fucking leave. So the next scene is we do get some, finally, alone time with Edna and Ernest. They're on the Naugahyde couch in front of the vending machine, which you, I never noticed before. You never noticed. I always joke that it's I'm a like, cigarette machine. I was going to say, what's in the vending machine? Are there Twizzlers? <laughs> I want Twizzlers. <laughs> It's actually pastries. Oh, that's right. It does it's say all it pastries. Says is one of them is a coffee machine and one of them is pastries. pastries. Never, ever seen anybody why, use Why it. does a girl's boarding school need a coffee machine? And two gigantic coffee tureens in the background of the cafeteria <laughs> right. that nobody I ever mean, uses. You know, uh, Tootie says in this episode she's, she's younger than 15. Mm-hmm. There should not be a coffee machine in the lounge. Agreed. <laughs> not, maybe nowadays, but when we were teenagers in the 80s. Right. Parents drank coffee. Kids, it was like, that was yeah. a, a gro- what We don't drink coffee. That's nope. something your mom and dad drinks. Nope. What the fuck? Um, so in the course of their alone time, they're kissing. I'm sorry, they're cuddling. They don't kiss yet. They're yeah, just they're cuddling. a lot and of cuddling. Talking about and, and saying, oh, you're a wonderful friend. You're a wonderful I woman. I don't know what I'd do without you. And, and like, it's so we... nice to have someone to share everything with. And my first thought was, everything? <laughs> yeah. What are you what, sharing? What are you, well, how come you're in the lounge? <laughs> But um, Tootie shows up, as Tootie does, right. and overhears. TV trope. Yep, TV He's trope. TV trope. And, and Tootie overhears. trope. Oh, and Tootie, Tootie trope. trope. Overhears, followed by a classic misunderstanding. She uh, hears them saying all that stuff, and uh, and the scene ends with them kissing. A yes. lovely, chaste uh, kiss. Long, but chaste that kiss. That Tootie witnesses. That Tootie witnesses. With mouth even more agape than the previous scene. Uh, unbelievable. Yes. Now, so mouths, so mouths not agape, Mrs. Garrett, and <laughs> no. her boyfriend. It's no, because there a was tongue in there. Cha- no, <laughs> no, it was chaste. Well, you no. believe what you want, I'll believe what I want. <laughs> the 80s were very different for me than for you, apparently. They were not playing tonsil hockey. They were too... Very no, nobody in the 80s did that. No, no. I, I, I know I never did. Oh, <laughs> but um, then we move on into the bedroom. Oh, yes, the girls are now. There. Something else I didn't remember was that they all shared a bedroom. Oh, yeah, which I thought was odd given their age differences. Well, it's because they're As someone all, who hasn't watched it for a while because they're all being punished, they're working in the cafeteria to work off. Uh, of school van that they stole and wrecked. Oh, is that the plot? That's the, the over. That is the plot? precipitating event. Oh god, I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Well, that's how we started season two to fix all the problems that were with season one with too many girls and oh, all okay. that bullshit. All right. um, so they're in the room now. Uh, Natalie is reading a magazine. Yes. Joe is cleaning some type of an engine part. Ren- random engine part. And continues to. Cl- I'm sure there's a. I'm there's sure there's no a. Turn on it to start with. I'm sure there's a fucking straight person out there that could be like David. That's a carburetor. Obviously, <laughs> it's a catalytic converter. Duh. Duh. But whatever the fuck it is, no. she is meticulously cleaning Pol- it. Polishing her knob. And she is. <laughs> That's what it looks like. And, and does not stop the nope. entire scene. Nope. Joe, her, her space work is her commitment level. <laughs> it is. To Yet this. the part doesn't get any cleaner and no. the rag doesn't get any dirtier. Correct. Yes. So. Blair, on the other hand. He's dressed to the nines. Modeled in a, black in a beautiful. velvet gown, it looks black like. Black velvet gown with a sort of a golden uh, piped disco-y yes. bow belt in there. Admiring herself in the mirror, but then she says, oh, what the fuck am I doing this for? I don't want to go out with this guy because he's such a weenie. He's so unattractive, and I so don't want to go out with him. Right. At which time, Michael... <laughs> That's when I point to you. Yes, I turn to you and say, he's going to turn out to be a hunk, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and Spoiler I'm like, alert! I'm like, Michael, <laughs> enjoy the show and live in the moment, okay? <laughs> I said, I know. He's going to turn out to be a hunk. Yes. Well, in comes Tootie. They were kissing. I oversaw them. I, I, I oversaw. I, I, I over. I overheard I them kissing. Overheard and I, well, what is I it? I saw them kissing. Yeah. She just says, "I saw them kissing." I was where I wasn't supposed to be. Yep. And she says, "I wonder if they kiss a lot. I wonder if they're going to get married. I wonder if there's tongue." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what she's thinking. Well, very quickly, 
Natalie is like, I got to know what's going on. It's the reporter in me. And you're uh, like, okay, I'll give you that. Yes. Facts of Life writers that Natalie is the reporter. But it's, it is so interesting how invested the girls are in Mrs. Garrett. It's good on one hand that they're so protective of her, as we sure. learn throughout the episode. But there sure. is also an element of, God, you could just butt the fuck out. Don't you have a, don't you have a test or Which something. is what Joe keeps advocating Joe for. Mind your own business. Eternal. Joe the lesbian keeps saying, stop. <laughs> what? Stop butting in and clean None a catalytic converter yes. or something. Yes. <laughs> Pick up a rag and help me with this yes. thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly very, very dirty. dirty. So, like my um, thoughts. So for some reason, Natalie turns to Blair and says, you need to find out. I need to. I need to know what's going on here, and so I therefore am turning to you, for some reason, to say what can you do to find out more about this. So, as a reporter, is she is she now turning to a an unconfirmed source? I she's she's <laughs> delegating and outsourcing. That's, That's weird. Shouldn't the reporter go get the facts herself? Oh, one would think the facts, the facts of, of life, life yep. <laughs> herself. Yep, right. exactly. But no. Well, but conveniently. Blair comes up with, and we haven't heard her say this in a while, one of her brilliant ideas. <laughs> and I do have to credit this show as they don't beat us over the head with the catchphrases. Oh, okay. Blair has brilliant ideas. I don't think we've heard Tootie say, there's going to be trouble. I don't think she said it at all this season. Like, it's weird. I want to say she said something like that tonight in this episode. Something about I, trouble. Maybe not. Mm, I don't oh, believe I don't so. Okay. No. I sit corrected. Compared to uh, this show's predecessor, Different Strokes, where it was obligatory. You had to have a What You Talking About Willis yeah. in every single episode. Um, so we, we do like that. That's one good thing that the writers have done. Um, so Blair's brilliant idea is, hey, this horrible date that I don't want to go on with this horrible person to this horrible event, I'm going to invite them along. What could be a more perfect scenario for me to find out and take the temperature of this situation? So Mrs. Garrett just happens to be knocking on their door to say I'm going out. Hello, girls. Uh, oh, oh, is that your Mrs.? No, what, 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 no. what did I hear? What did I hear? <laughs> Continue. Please, please feel free. I, uh, I'll, I'll have to work on when, it. When you are ins- I love that you were when just inspired. When it happens, <laughs> I've told you, everybody is welcome to join Good me. Good old Mammy Yoakum. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So yeah. then they invite her along. And then conveniently enough, Ernest loves chamber music. Yeah. And uh, the thing you were trying to think of earlier is uh, the dedication of the Blast Furnace. Blast Furnace. Okay. I think it's a name of one of the pieces they were going to be performing. Oh. And it's like, what? I thought it was the Blast Furnace in the steel mill. I, I, it could be either, actually. Or, Maybe or both. Maybe it's a double meaning. Or, I don't or both. know. Maybe it's a song called The Blast Furnace to dedicate The Blast Furnace. Maybe it was an original composition. Maybe. And then Mrs. Garrett will turn to Ernest and say, I'd like you to dedicate my blast furnace. (laughs) And he'll go, all right, Eddie. Eddie. (laughs) As long as I can call you by a boy name. (laughs) Let me toss my periwinkle jacket aside. (laughs) My manly periwinkle jacket. (laughs) So um, Mrs. Garrett says she'll check with him. Right. Well, like he's going to say no. Yeah, exactly. Because he then the episode would end. They're, 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 they're going to a hotel room later. You right. Me? Well, apparently they didn't, no. as we'll soon find out. Yeah. But um, then there, we next see them back down in the lounge, in the parlor. Everybody's sitting around because Blair's date is late. So they're stuck waiting. And it's like... Barnett, <sighs> the nerd... Is late. Yeah. Not only is he a nerd and unattractive and clammy-handed, mm-hmm. and 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 at one point Ernest says uh, to Blair, "Oh, looks like your your guy, your boy, or whatever, your your whatever is your, late." And she's like, fella. Yeah. he's not my fella." Yeah, she's very. She's clear. just so disgusted about this possibility yeah. of this date. So Yet we dressed in a black velvet gown and did our hair. <laughs> it's all right. But you were like you said, it's like they could not have more intensely set up that he's, that a, he's a nerd he's a nerd yeah. there's just yeah. it was so so very very so, obvious so so then joe has the pleasure of we realize does. joe is not in the room right. joe's pleasure going um blair still cleaning this, that carburetor <laughs> <laughs> she says blair there's someone here to see you and in comes this gorgeous young gorgeous. man 
Played by... Played by... Scott Strader. Scott Strader. Who was really 80s cute. Uh, he had totally. the feathered hair. Oh. He had the chiseled jaw. He was. He had everything going on. Yeah. So I looked him up on IMDb. He's done okay. a total of seven roles in the 80s. Okay. He has does, run does the gamut. Has he done gamut. anything lately, though? No. He no. has run the gamut of 80s television. Okay, tell the me. The Facts of Life was his first one. He went on to Give Me a Break. Mm-hmm. Guest uh, one episode. Chips. Chips. One episode. As a surfer, okay, maybe he wow. was shirtless. <gasps> we got to find it. I'll post it on the website. Uh, a 1983 episode of Trauma Center. Don't okay. know that one. Maybe he was a corpse. And then Different Strokes, one episode. Wow. Having then broken away from his television career, uh-huh. he's been in two films. Yes. Jocks in 1986. Okay. If that was released by Jocks Video... <laughs> Then, we might then that be would be an adult title. But, but more importantly, he was in The Karate Kid <gasps> in 84. Shut up! What was he in The Karate the Kid? role of Eddie. Eddie. So he must have been like one of the, the bad kids. Probably. The, the best yeah, friend. Yeah, because he has that look. The blonde kid. Yeah. 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 The blonde. One of, those, one of those asshole blonde kids in the 80s yes. teen movies. Wearing the crop top uh, t-shirt yeah. and the short shorts. Showing like, a little fuzz like around the Bubba navel. Bubba on Mommy's Family. Mama's Family. <laughs> <laughs> Bubba on Mommy's Family. Mom. <laughs> why am I saying Mommy's Family? No. Bubba on Mama. Because Bubba does that to me. Yes. Bub- I agree. Hot. Bubba was hot. So yeah. So good so old thank Scott. You. Uh, after 1986, stopped acting apparently. Wow. Poor guy. I'm Telling and you. based on his performance in this particular episode, I can see why. Wow. Yeah. Wooden. A little bit. A little bit. To, the, to the point where at one point when he's talking, I I was you saying jocks. I'm like, I that's this is porn level acting. <laughs> yeah. This really oh, is. Totally. This is you're a pretty person, just say these words. Um so but that's later. Um coming up. That's later when yeah, we're so, on the date. So, so he walks in the door. Blair drools. Yeah, but Blair originally is kind of like, "May I help yeah, you?" Oh, so it's and your name. And he's like, "I'm yeah." And he's like, "I'm Barnett." And she goes, "Barnett Thornwood." And Joe says, "The third. She gets to jab that in there. And Blair is like, "Hamana, hamana, hamana." She does a Tex Avery. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, yeah. If she had a penis, it would have went spring. <laughs> She might. I don't and know. We don't know. That's why Joe likes her so much. Um, <laughs> Mrs. Garrett says, we're going to stick to you like glue. Yeah. yeah. Can, he's like, well, consider us uh, a nerd protection squad yeah, or yes. something. So the whole thing of, yeah, whatever you do, keep this dork away from me. And then he shows up and they're like, we're going to keep him away from you like you wanted us to. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, then we go back up to um, back up to the bedroom. And there's yeah. more talk of what is going on, and somehow it ends with a close-up on Tootie going, I want to know everything. Dun, dun, dun. And then a long, uncomfortable pause, like they often do in this show, before we finally kick on the clap track and then fade to commercial. But um, this wasn't filmed in front of a, a studio audience. Yes, was it? it was. Oh, it was. Yeah. Okay. But that clap at the end. But so no one made a peep. No one did. <laughs> during... um, but we're at commercial right now. Yeah. And Michael. Yeah. This is the time during the show I like to get to know my guests a little better. Getting to know you. No, no, I can't pay any more rights oh, to run. Laura and I blew my entire <laughs> yes. ass cap budget. Yes, you did. Yeah. And a beautiful listener who uh, posted on the Facebook group. Last week, the, the Tim Williams episode, mm-hmm. we were questioning why they were singing this generic on a Walkman, a generic mama, mama, mama song that was just this neutral, nondescript. And someone said, well, they used all of their music rights on the previous episode because oh, of all yeah, the show yeah. tunes. That's what it is. So this is commercial break. Yeah. And so Michael Colavope, yes. if you will allow me to James Lipton you a little bit. Oh. Where were you born? I was born in North Carolina. Really? At a Marine Corps base. Oh, okay. So you're a... Camp Lejeune Marine Corps base. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, Interesting. Um, and where did you grow up or did you grow up everywhere? No, I did not grow up everywhere. Uh, I was there until I was two or three, mm-hmm. uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, my family's originally from Connecticut. Okay. So that's where uh, the entire rest of my family was. So when my dad's uh, tour of duty was up, mm-hmm. uh, we moved back to Connecticut and that's where I grew up. Okay, because I, when you said that, I was like, "What?" Yeah. You, you to me are a fellow New Englander, yes. and yeah. you for had, the most part, I am. Yeah, yes. but I can't time... say born and raised. I can only say raised. Raised, yeah. Hey, yeah. that's 
good enough. Yeah. And in the time I've known you, and we've known each other a long time now. Yes. Um, um, but I remember you've moved up there. You've relocated up there for a while and then come back. We were up there for two years to mm -hmm. um, take care of a, a family health issue. Oh, and then when that's that was... right. Yeah. I forgot. And then that when was, that was over and done with we came mm -hmm. back like you like you do like you do yeah like and you do. your your we is you and your lovely and hilarious husband the wonderful kevin b kevin b yes, yes um, indeed most probably more people who listen to this will know him rather than me oh really <laughs> I well, he's a big wig at Universal and everything, so uh -huh. you, know, and, you never know. And he has uh, played Paul Lind in some of the yes. Hollywood Squares yes. fringe shows. And, yes, he's made um, quite a name for himself, although he has, to put it in his terms, retired from the stage. Oh, dear. <laughs> he only works behind the scenes now. Oh, bless his heart. Yes. He'll be back. He'll come crawling back. He'll come back. <laughs> yes. I am living proof of that. <laughs> um, so so yeah. where did you train to be an actor, if at all? Oh, well, um, I attended college at the University of Connecticut. Mm -hmm. um, actually, I went there to be a computer science major. Like you do. Like you do, because, you know, I figured I'd get a job. Uh, decided then I wanted to be a math teacher. Like you do. Like you do. So... Um, Actually, I've reversed that. I went up there to be math education, switched to computer science, because I got a D in calculus <gasps> in college. The oh. only D I had ever gotten oh, in my life. Oh, no. Calculus and I'm like, is so hard. I know. It's like, and what you, when are you going to ever use this? Never. But then I'm going, oh, well, if I'm going to be a teacher, I probably would. Uh, uh, math uh, teacher, computer person <laughs> needing calculus? That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, you know what? Maybe this isn't for me. And I decided to... Um, Check out the drama department because that's always been a, a hobby of mine. And uh -huh. I said, well, hmm. of course, my parents were not happy with that decision. They never are. Um, I tried to placate them by saying by doing a business minor. And basically, my my uh, my major was in theater management. OK. Because I figured, well, if I have the business aspect of it, there's something to fall back on in case I don't make it as an actor. I'll, I'll learn how to run a theater. Sure. Um, and the, the major at the time at the University of Connecticut did not exist. I don't know if it does now. Um, mm -hmm. So it was all like independent studies and things like that. They basically created it for me. Oh, good. And let me uh, graduate with a BFA in theater management. So I do know how to run a theater, and I have run theaters uh, while I'm still acting. And uh, I took all the prerequisite you know, acting and directing courses. And a lot of the, you know, and probably some theater majors will kill me for this, but a lot of my thought process was I didn't need a piece of paper to tell me I could act. Mm -hmm. No, know, I, I didn't need a I, diploma to tell me I could act. Yeah. You know, I, can, I can learn my craft, definitely, but I don't need to major in it because... Yeah. It's, you know, Megan Moroni said it beautifully. You either have it or you don't. Yeah, there kinda. are many paths to performance, yes, is how are. she said it, because uh, Megan is the same way. Megan never finished her theater training in college because she was too busy working and yeah. getting professional gigs. And yeah. she's like, well, this is an education too. And I've said many mm -hmm. times, I'm a, an uneducated actor. I never studied theater. I just learned it by doing and absorbing yeah. and observing. And yeah, and beyond college, I mean, that that was it for me too. I didn't pursue a master's yeah. degree. I didn't pursue any kind of acting classes or things like that. Yeah. You know. And speaking of tour, Michael Colavope, yeah. you recently returned from a national tour of a little show called Mamma Mia. I did. Uh, you played what role, Bill? I played Bill on tour. Who yes. is national the... and international? I might add. Oh, oh. Well, we went to we went to South America. Oh, puff puff. I didn't know that. <laughs> didn't speak a lick of Spanish. Oh, oh it was terrible. Too bad. <laughs> I hated every moment of it. Oh. Um, but no, yes. Uh, I spent two years. Big fucking deal. It was. Uh, it was right place, right time situation. It was nothing that I ever prepared for or planned for. Never imagined myself doing. And remind me, which one is Bill in the movie? The Bill is uh, Stellan Skarsgård. Oh, okay. He's the, the one. Yeah. So, so you The played... writer, the adventure traveler, the writer. So yeah. I was with that for two years, and it was one of the best experiences ever. I... Would I do it again? I don't know. Yeah, that's but, a tough. But uh, it's a tough. It's I a don't tough. I don't know if I could. But... Going on tour is tough when, you know, you've got a family, and you've got a house, and you've got dogs, and, mm -hmm. you know, you've got responsibilities. You know, I was... Um, and I was gone for you know, two years, and yeah. Kevin had to take care of everything by himself. Now, yeah. you know, we had lots of talks about it. He, with his blessing, I went. Uh -huh. You mailed he the checks home. Yes, and he was he excited about them. the opportunity yeah. for me. <laughs> I was excited. It was a great thing. But, yeah. you know, once I got back, I was just like, I don't know if I want to do it again. And uh, since now, everybody and their mothers does a production of Mamma Mia. Yes. And I've already done 
more productions of it locally <laughs> yeah. and will be doing one again. Oh, do you do? You have another yes, one lined up. I have another one lined up. Nice. So it's not like it's going away anytime soon. True. And yes. having the, the national tour on your resume, on resume when you go helps. down to the Opelaka Playhouse <laughs> from Soap Dish. <laughs> well, when I did the production at Titusville, uh, I, I was promoted to Sam. So, oh, so wow. now I play Sam. And you got going to be, be with Don. I'm going wow. to be playing Sam because uh, we're remounting it, basically. Oh. So it's going to be like a 10-week uh, gig. So it's wow. really nice. 10 weeks is yeah. lovely. That's a lot oh, of work. Nice equity contract. Fucking A. Good for you. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you are also, in addition to being an actor, you also... Uh, have hosted and co-hosted podcasts in the past. <laughs> I have. Yes. What was, was the a, first one? Was, was that the QCast? Yeah, a uh, podcaster from way back. Uh, those couple of years when I was back in Connecticut, yeah, I started Long getting, before it was fashionable. Yeah, this long. was like 2005 and six, maybe. Yeah. Um, I started getting into podcast, listening to them. And it's like, yeah, I was like, oh, well, I could do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, it was uh, the QCast Connecticut, the Q being queer because, you know, and it was <gasps> just me. I know, right? Yeah. Just rambling, yeah. rambling about shit. About I'm like, stuff. I don't know if anybody's going to listen to this. And yeah. uh, to my surprise, they did. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Kevin eventually joined me and he is just hysterically funny to begin mm-hmm. with. So yes. he definitely pumped up the numbers. Uh-huh. Um, and then when we moved back here, I wanted to continue it. And that went on for about, I want to say, another three or four years. Are they still there? Are they still on, on the they, iTunes? They could be. I know they're still all on my computer. Yeah. <laughs> but what I want to say is you co-hosted the Mitzi Moore's show. There was with that, too. friend of the podcast, Kevin Kriegel. He has yes. been on the show before, and I've yes. talked about them. The Mitzi Morrises are still there. Yeah, I'm sure they are. We keep talking about bringing it back, and we could just never get our schedules together to do yeah. it. But that was, that was also fun and, and extremely show. popular. And, uh, you know, the, the, uh, I, I enjoyed doing it a lot. I really did. But Mm -hmm. as you know, it's, it's a time commitment, especially when you get to the whole editing. I mean, there are podcasters who just don't edit and just go here. There's my show. No, I can't do that. You can't do that. We're perfectionist. Yeah, we can't. Anal retentive, OCPD, anxiety. I gotta have control. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If I pause too long while thinking and speaking, that pause is cut. Oh, I used to do the same thing. Drives me crazy. Totally used to do the same thing. So So, yeah, I sound Uh, so much more articulate on this show than I actually am in real life. But uh, thank you so much for doing this. We basically came into work early. We were going to be performing a show tonight. And it worked out actually superbly conveniently. And uh, for the 50th time, thank you. Sure. Do we get back to the episode now? We do. Okay. No, that's next week's. It's a (laughs) two-parter. It's a (laughs) two-parter. Because the next scene is my big problem with this episode. But... This is the only problem you well, have with no, my biggest problem with the episode. <laughs> Let's arrive. We we get to um, the Mexican restaurant for some inexplicable reason. We're going to a Mexican restaurant that apparently Edna and and Ernest have been to a millions of times. billion times. They show up to the maitre d. Oh, Mister Melbourne, Missis Miss I got it. Yeah. I'm doing Italian. You Why? Are. Why am I he's doing Mexican? It? He's Mexican. Um, and so he's like, uh, "Welcome, Miss." So good to have you here. No, still Italian. No, still Italian. Just stop trying. I'm going to stop trying. Do Mrs. Garrett. Mrs. Garrett. (laughs) And he says, "Um, you're back. It's so great to see you. And uh, to make sure the script writers uh, shorthandedly let us know that they've been. She's like, how's the new baby? And he pulls out his wallet and he says, these are the new pictures. They were taken last month at Sears. (laughs) Which was like the biggest laugh for me. (laughs) Because we all did that. Everybody, Everybody had their pictures that. taken at Sears. But my problem was, first of all, the next scene, they're going on the date. The next scene opens up and they're at the restaurant. I'm like, what happened to the concert? Yeah, you did. What? You said, what happened to the you concert? You built up this horrible concert and we don't even get to hear any of it. I know. It's like, what the hell? But they did go. This is post-concert. But post they did concert. go because they talk about it a little later. You know, yeah. something about how it's post-concert. So that brings up another problem for me okay. because they go to a Mexican restaurant. They're talking about how awesome the tacos and the burritos are and, and the, the refried beans. And I'm like, you are on a date. The last thing you need to be eating is Mexican food. What the fuck? You're going to eat refried beans and then hope you're going to get some? I know. No. I never, I don't date enough, clearly. It didn't even occur to me, no. but that's so true. Why did you go what there? What are you thinking? Yeah, it's like, I'll have, I'll have the garlic, smothered <laughs> yes. garlic, please. It's, it's like, like, no. 
Because you know, Barnett was thinking he was going to get a little Blair action. Uh, true, and, and, and like, she was going to give it to him. Uh, she was. Uh, yeah, yeah, hopefully she was you guys didn't get the beans. Sliding out of her chair, she Ooh, was so she damp was. over him. And um, to continue well, that thought, she does say, my, how you've changed into... Oh, oh, and they go to the table separately so Mrs. Garrett and Ernest can continue to be best friends <laughs> with this host Mater D that yes. we've never Jose ever seen or met. Juan or whatever well, uh, his name was it was something that, like that it's Carlos oh Carlos That's well offensive. still stereotypical that is offensive <laughs> not, and Carlos isn't <laughs> well then Carlos brings them all brings brings the two of them these huge keeping like things the, of margaritas silos <laughs> it's like <laughs> and what? nothing for the kids no <laughs> nothing he, but he knows they're underage I'm sure but bring them iced tea bring them coke you're right he should have <laughs> bring them water but yeah and and then we're talking um Blair, in her brief alone time with uh, Barnett, says, my, how you've changed in two years. You certainly must have spent some... And no, he says, I've spent a lot of time at the dentist. Yes. And then she goes, and the gym, as she feels his muscle. Right. And then she says... Because, like, the dentist is what gave him that chiseled jaw. Yeah, exactly. And that, you know, Farrah Fawcett hair. (laughs) RuPaul and Michelle Visage on their podcast talk about going to the dentist. Yeah. I'm making air quotes yes, here. Yes, you are. When you're going to the dentist, meaning you're getting work done. So that might have okay. been his maybe. chin implant and his yeah, maybe. facelift and all that. Yeah. Um, so uh, she also says, point blank, and your hands aren't clammy anymore. Right. And he's, it's like, oh, you're telling him that to his face, are yeah. you? Really? It's like, you used but to be so hideous. He doesn't care. He doesn't care because all he says is, I've been taking vitamins. Yeah. And then then she says, kiss me. And as they go in for the kiss, that that old sitcom trope, just as their mouths are about to touch, Mrs. Garrett's like, all right, let's sit down and order our food. And... um, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, so the margaritas are served. They start doing the interlocking arms and elbows drinking of the margaritas mm-hmm. and the guitar player. Toasting to love and friendship. Yes. And, and friendship and love. And Carlos is, I brought over the guitar players. Let's have them play our song. And Blair is all, whoa. You you got a song? You got a song? This is, yeah, well, we consider this to be our place. It's like, you have a place? You have a song? What the fuck? I'm paraphrasing. Yes. Um. So then the guitar player starts playing, and the, the host starts singing along with the guitar player, because that happens. If I were the guitar player, I'd be like, dude, stay in your lane. Well, Fuck quite off. honestly, if it was a top-rate Mexican restaurant, it should have been an entire mariachi band. Bingo. So Budget there. cuts. That's the, so the, those the are right the royalties. <laughs> They're just strumming guitar just going, guitar. It's tacos y burritos. Because yeah. we have, you know, the Electra Woman and Dinah Girl guy here. Yeah, so he's, deliciosos. He <laughs> Por favor, now you man. speak Spanish. What was he singing? Um, it, it was literally like that. It, it was like you know, love night. Oh, okay. It was it was just your generic just love generic. song type okay. of lyrics, and I couldn't understand them anyway. Um, so the, at one point, uh, Barnett turns to Blair, and there is a point where he does say, "Has he already spoken yet?" And we get the um, oh, he said something like, each other. "Now that you've noticed me." Oh, that's right. Yes, now that you've noticed me, I hope we can like make this it is, a regular thing. Yeah, or, this is the start of a future. Yeah, oh, I hope we. This would be the start of something or something. Yeah, like start that. of yeah, yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but way, way wouldn't. So then the song begins, and then he turns to her again, and Barnett says, "No, and it's clearly him. And we get the cut, the, the reverse shot of Blair going, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> And it's kind of funny. Yeah. And then is. that's or, how the scene ends. Or Barney. And uh, and and the and they're just snuggling, and Mrs. Garrett and he are all over mm-hmm. each other like bums on a ham sandwich. Yeah. Oh, but no, wait. Before the scene ends, though, she has to go get the chicken mole recipe. No, no, no. Oh, you're not. You're, you're getting ahead of us. You're getting ahead of us. Yes. So then the scene dissolves to later the same evening. Oh, okay. And now the place is being shut down. No, it's that's empty. Right. That's right. They're cleaning up. You, you turned to me and said, those waiters are like, they need to get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. I want to go home. <laughs> yeah. But they're sitting around uh, props to the props people in that at this point they have, the adults have coffee in front of them and um, the kids have, I'm sorry, Mrs. Garrett has coffee and uh, Ernest has a brandy, a, big, oh. a, a gigantic brandy snifter. So this is clearly the post-dinner drinks and... Um, before they go, 
Mrs. Garrett is like, oh, I wish I could get that chicken mole recipe, pry it out of the cook's hands. So she says, I'm going to go try. So she decides to go to the cook. And she turns and says something like, don't miss me while I'm don't gone. Don't without me. Yeah, don't, don't leave, leave without, without me. me. And what did you turn and say to me, Michael? Uh, oh, God, what did I say? You said, Edna's horny. <laughs> oh, yes, I did. <laughs> Yes. Um, oh, yeah. she had that look. Yeah. She had that look. My other yeah. question is, if she's been going here for billions of times, why didn't she get this fucking recipe earlier than I, this? I know, really. All of a sudden, she needs this mole recipe. Yeah. And do you know what mole is? No. It is like this. It's like 50 ingredients. Oh. It is an insanely complex uh, Mexican Chances are dish. she's not going to have all of those recipes yeah. in the school cafeteria. No. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Parker, I need a budget increase. <laughs> but anyhow, so this conveniently gets her away from the table right. so the kids can drill Mr. Well, Blair can drill. G- Barney can doesn't drill. care. Yeah, Actually, this is the point where Barnett speaks. I uh, Now I have it. And he says, now that you've noticed me, I hope this will be the start of something wonderful. That's too much emotion. And, and his eyebrows go up every time he inflects his voice. That's how you know he's serious. That's how you know he should be Eyebrow in porn. Acting. Yeah. Schmacting. Yep. So Blair basically says, how long have you been dating Mrs. Garrett? And right. Ernest says, six years. Well, we first started seeing each other out west. We have no record of Mrs. Garrett being an out west gal or ever living out west. No. This is new information. Uh-huh. As is the next part. Um, and then our paths crossed in Calcutta. Calcutta. Now, I, of course, I can never think of the name Calcutta without the musical Oh, oh Calcutta, Calcutta, where everybody's naked. Naked. So now I'm picturing yep. the two of them, Mrs. Garrett in and Ernest, oh, naked. Uh, next to Bill Macy, the original yes. Walter on Maud. Yes. If you can find... I actually saw a tour production of Old Calcutta. Really? Back in the, I want to say the late 90s, hmm. starring Marla Maples. Oh, it was former horrible. former Mrs. Donald Trump. Uh, she was a former something wasn't scandalous. She? Or, wasn't wasn't uh, he married I to can't her? remember. No, I don't. No, Mar- wasn't was Marla Maples? A, in, oh, you're going to make me look it up, aren't no, you? No, no, never mind. Okay. We won't go there. The readers will know. There. The listeners will know. Uh, we will we'll um, figure that out. But uh, how so was yeah, the production? It, it was a horrible production. Yeah, and the show is horrible. The, yeah, the, the, like, the but it ran forever because people are naked. Exactly, but it's it's like it's like the worst burlesque show had a baby with the worst 1970s sitcom writing. Yeah. And, and it's just because the people are naked. That's why mm-hmm. it is. But yeah, so, if you can find... So now Mrs. Garrett's naked the, uh, in Calcutta. Yeah, think you, you have given us that image. Why would she be in Calcutta? Why would Mrs. Garrett be in Calcutta? I will give you this. Later, when Edna leaves the show at the beginning of season eight, she goes off to rejoin the Peace Corps. So we find oh. out that I believe her future husband is a man she once had been involved with in her old Peace Corps days. Okay. So whether the writers knew that yet, maybe that was something they were just whatever. Anyway, it's it's a little ridiculous, but maybe justifiable. We'll we'll give them a we'll little bit it. of a pass we'll here. We'll stretch it. We'll because fan wank it. If if they if, if they're not planning that now. At the very least, they do justify it later. We'll give them that. Okay. But the bottom line is, he says, I guess I've known Edna for almost 15 years. And Blair is like, you've been engaged for 15 years? Isn't that a bit excessive? And he says, oh, we're not engaged. Marriage, that's not my style. Dun, dun, dun. What? So then Mrs. Garrett comes back and... um, Clearly still horny. Still horny. She is a... But she's got the mole (gasps) recipe. Soon there's going to be chicken mole in my pot. Oh, I um, went there. I'm telling you. You did. I did. Yeah. I went well, there. We've had talks about is... her being horny yeah. before. Yeah. What's in your pot, Mrs. Garrett? Uh, exactly. Um, so then we come back to the girls in their bedroom. Mm-hmm. And this is the final scene of the show. Yes. And Blair comes in, wakes up everybody and is like, this is terrible. This is awful. I got the intel. And what's going on is... They've been dating for 15 years, meaning he's been stringing her along for 15 years and she just sits around and waits and he's a traveling salesman. When he drifts into town, she sits by the phone in the window waiting for him to propose and, and it's a big, wow. crazy story. That was good. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, and she basically is trying to tell them this and Joe is like, Blair, 
I'm going to fucking kill you. Yes. If you don't stop trying to wake <laughs> me up. And we can all side with Joe. Yes. In this. And got a carburetor to clean. Yes. <laughs> and Blair says, Mrs. Garrett is having a personal tragedy. And Joe says, if you don't turn that light off, you are going to have a personal tragedy. Um, Hilarity. So, and hilarity ensues. Um, we do finally, uh, and as Blair sweeps up the girls into this narrative that she has created from this information, um, Natalie comes in with this, well, this is terrible. We need to help her. This is her last chance. The train of happiness is not stopping at her station. <laughs> Which was also funny. A funny line Very and funny. and a, a Mindy Cohn laughing fail. Mindy Cohn laughs at it. She can't she keep does. a straight face. She does. I thought those days were behind us and she still occasionally yeah. surprises us with, she does. with that. Um, so uh, Blair is like, But then well, again, we do it often here, so. <laughs> <laughs> so much, so much. Um, so Blair says, I'm going to go put a stop to this and opens the door and, oh, I was just wondering why you're still up. And then they're like, Mrs. Garrett, good. We want to talk to you. Sit her down. That creep is ruining your life. He's no good for you. And Mrs. Garrett's like, what? And it's like, we know, we understand it. You're, for all intents and purposes, they say you're old and you're desperate. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? Pretty much. <laughs> and Natalie continues the metaphor. Let him go. Let him chug right out of that station. Another funny laugh and all that. Finally, Joe gets out. Of, Mrs. Garrett says, um, I'm, I, what the fuck? Yeah. What are you talking about? And Joe finally gets out of bed in her boy pajamas. And, and says, her dirty white socks, yeah, I might add. Oh, I couldn't help but notice that. Oh. Her, the bottoms of her socks were dirty. Someone's I hate that in into feet, Michael. I hate that in porn, and I hate that on TV shows. <laughs> Clean your damn feet. Wow. It's not too much to ask. Wow. <laughs> so Joe gets out of bed now, and as Joe only can do so beautifully, says, okay, I keep telling them to butt the fuck out, but they are under the impression that he is leading you on and that you're waiting for him to propose and all that. And Joe basically says, they are driving me crazy. Would you please set them straight? Right. Because she's been saying, let's butt out. She's still level-headed. Yeah. A level-headed lesbian. Yeah. When, when she's not choplifting. Well. Yeah. Or cleaning carburetors. <laughs> that could be a euphemism. <laughs> gotta go. I gotta clean my I'd carburetor. I'd like to clean her carburetor. Oh. I'd like to... Grease those pistons. Whoa. <laughs> like to change those spark plugs. Oh. Um, she became the Andrew Dice Clay there for a minute. Um, <laughs> so finally, Mrs. Garrett says, we go out. We have a good time. It's time for the heartwarming moment, basically. Yeah. And she says, it's like Blair when you date Tony or Bill or Joe or Gunther or Phila. and Because you're a whore. Because exactly. It's like, I will subtly slut shame you. Yes. And like that. And then we get the Mrs. Garrett monologue. I've got friends. I've got a career I love. And there are times I feel lonely, but it doesn't last long. My life is terrific, and I don't want to change it. And then Tootie's like, but would you ever get married again? And she says, beautifully, only if I think it would make my life any fuller than it is right now. Foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Yeah. We will get there in a few seasons. And then Blair stands up and says, well, Mrs. Garrett, I don't agree, but this is your life, and you get to do what you want with it. Actually, I thought it was odd that she phrased it. I don't agree, but I guess it's your life. Yeah, you can I do guess what you it's, want. I, it's like, well, thanks, Blair. <laughs> I'm glad I have your fucking seal of approval. Well, who the hell are you? Yeah, but then yeah. Joe chimes in with like, that's what I've been saying. Come on. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's Joe is sort of like yeah, pissed off and bunch. all that. So being then it ends with, well, let's go to bed and all that. So do you remember what the final joke was? The final joke was no idea. Mrs. Garrett says, I have to go to bed. Oh, I have yes. a, I have a breakfast date tomorrow. And as they're going to bed, I think it's Tootie that says, well, tell Mr. Melbourne that we said hello. Yeah. And she says, what makes you think it was Mr. Melbourne? <gasps> And we get the impression. Oh. She's a whore, too! <laughs> you 
You literally said to me, you went, tramp. Tramp. What a tramp she is. Tramp. You know what I'm most upset about? We never found out what happened to Barnett. Are I, they going to see each other again? Yeah. Is he just going to go do the facts of life? And it only I said mean, uh, one episode, Give me a right? break. Yeah, he's only in one episode. He didn't, sometimes they come back as different people or other things. Nope. But he's, Everything he's got on his IMDb is one episode. Well, we need to hunt some of them down, particularly the ones where he has Jocks. less clothing. Jocks and the surfer. Chips, Jocks chips. And- Surfer. Chips Surfer. We are Well, so. hey, if we watch Chips, we might get Eric Estrada shirtless as well. Of course. So yeah. it could be a twofer. Michael, this has been so much fun. Yes. I uh, hope you had a good I time. I love impromptu fun things to do. Uh, yeah. It was great. It was we great. need to do this again. And uh, I love that you, you bring your podcast experience and <laughs> super entertaining See, personality. See, I didn't pop the mic at all. No, you don't. <laughs> pop. Six. Squish. Squish. <laughs> uh-uh. Cicero. Lipshit. And on that note, (laughs) he had it coming. Thank you, Michael. Goodbye. Goodbye. And there you have it. That was Michael Colavolpe, or Colavolpe. However, either way you pronounce it, it's okay with him. We will get Robin Kelly here sometime soon. I am sorry if I built you up last week only to disappoint you. I may be doing that again right now because as of right now, scheduled to be with me next week to watch season three, episode 15 called Starstruck, Matthew Arder is supposed to be back. Woohoo! Let's hope everything goes as planned. Normally, I'm a little bit ahead and I have a few more shows banked that I'm able to do this without there being a question mark involved. But uh, due to the out-of-town trip, etc., and all that stuff, I'm kind of running week to week right now. But I hope to remedy that soon. And uh, that's really all my internal stupid shit. And you really don't care about that, nor should you. All I care about is that you have listened, and I really do appreciate you downloading and listening and subscribing and rating and reviewing as I urge you to do every week. So one more special thank you to you. And remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Our website is facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. And that's where you can find extra pictures, video, and audio extras from the digital cutting room floor. Follow the show on social media. We're everywhere under the handle Face the Facts Pod. And don't forget, go to your favorite podcatchers and subscribe, rate, and review. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts.